Thanks to our summer choir for that beautiful piece and to Emerson for reading our scripture. It's a beautiful piece of scripture, Ephesians 4. It's a little bit harder to preach about than, um, you know, hard passages because there's no problem to solve. There's no apparent contradiction to explain away. You know, it's just this beautiful message of unity and cooperation and that image um, of all of us as different parts of one body with Christ at the head and each part with a different function. That makes sense to us, I think. I think we, we understand that. Um, it's a great image for what we experience in El Salvador. And of course, I wanna tell you all about our trip. Um, but first, there's one little image that I wanna plant in your mind. When I was in high school, I babysat for a little girl named Molly. And when she was about three, she went through this phase where, so she had just learned the word friend, what that meant. And so for a while, anytime she was out like in town or at the store, anytime she saw another person, like a stranger walking by, she would say to her mom loudly, are they our friend? What about them? Are they our friend? Are they our friend? And of course her mom didn't want to be like, no, no, they're not a friend. So her mom came up with this brilliant line and started telling Molly whenever she asked that, her mom would say, they are a friend we haven't met yet. Isn't that great? A friend we haven't met yet. Okay, we'll come back to that, but El Salvador, a couple of my favorite moments from this trip. There were a lot of them, um, but we visit two communities in El Salvador. Cordero de Dios is a Lutheran church on the outskirts of San Salvador. Rutilio Grande is a rural Catholic community. It's about an hour outside the city. Both those communities have a lot of young adults as part of them, and this year our group also had a lot of young adults. So you can just like, you can imagine the energy, right? As these groups mix together, all these people who really know how to play hard and have a good time. Um, and, and one of the days uh, we went on a retreat with everybody from Cordero. They all loaded onto a bus. Um, we went to camp out at this little retreat center. We did breakout groups for kids, youth, and adults. So those youth, like 40 of them, they did hours and hours of songs and icebreakers and team building games. And at the end of the day, all the groups are back together and we're having a closing worship time. And the youth come up and they say, wait, 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 we have something to show you guys. Like, okay, so they all go out and they're huddling together in the hallway and we're waiting in the chairs and we just hear a lot of giggling. Uh, and then we hear all of them walking in going, a wimbo wet, a wimbo wet, a wimbo wet a wimp of wit. And then without any like choreography or leader or plan, this giant mob of Salvadoran and U.S. youth, they all did an acapella song and dance version of In the Jungle. And it was total chaos. And it was beautiful. And the most beautiful thing of all was that I, from my spot in the back, I looked around and I noticed just how many Salvadorans in the audience were filming this performance. And to me, that says more than anything, right? That that meant something to them too. We always take photos of everything while we're there, but if they pull out their phones, that says a lot. My other favorite moment from the trip was the night before that retreat. Most of the whole week that we're there, we have these amazing hosts and they cook for us and prepare all the best food from their culture. So on that retreat day for lunch, we say, okay, you guys feed us so much just this one time we wanna cook for you. We wanna share some of the food that we love to eat at home. And we do it most years, a different meal each year. So this year we decided to make chocolate chip pancakes with Wisconsin maple syrup, scrambled eggs, sausage. 
So we're going to feed like 70 people and we need to make all of it in advance. So we have like from the end of our post-dinner meeting Friday night until the time we go to bed. So we're at the guest house and all Salvadoran kitchens have these huge griddles that they use to make tortillas and pupusas. Okay, so we got two people on the grill, Olivia and Andrea. They're on the griddle and they just flipped pancake after pancake after pancake. Then there's like a gas range with, um, you know, a couple frying pans. So Graham Gallagher, Stephanie Barron are cracking giant bowls of raw eggs over and over and over. Katie Smith and Lauren Bilo are at the stove and they are frying pan after pan after pan of scrambled eggs. And then now on this trip for the first time ever, all three Horner Eiblers, Pastor John, both sons, David and Michael were on a trip together. So then at the end, they swoop in and they cook the biggest pile of sausage I have ever seen in my life. By the end of the night, we had cooked, wait for it, 200 pancakes, 150 eggs, and I don't even know how many sausages. And we finished like even before 10 p.m. So it was so fun watching everybody's energy as they cooked. But even more fun than watching them was watching the two women who run the kitchen at that guest house and do all their meals because they stayed up to like witness this endeavor. And Maribel and Wilma, they're, they're usually pretty reserved, uh, pretty quiet. But just watching those crazy foreigners cook in their kitchen, like they could not help but smile. They were smiling the entire time. Now, on the last night of the trip, we all sat together in a group and we were taking turns talking about what the week had been like for us. And several people mentioned how they had been just blown away by the welcome that we receive. Everywhere we went, people were, you know, genuinely excited to greet us, grateful we were there, um, eager to get to know us. And for most of us, you know, we're total strangers to them. And Mark Nemchak, he was there for the first time and he said, you know what, we can learn from this. We can learn from them. Like, what if we shared that same hospitality and eagerness to get to know the people who come into our lives at home? which is a great point. And um, eventually we got around to David, John's older son. He's been part of these trips for over 10 years. Um, and David said, yeah, we are strangers to them technically in that you know they hadn't met us before, but, but we also are representatives to them of a community that has been part of their lives for years and years and years. And both Mark and David's points are thoughts that I'm gonna treasure and I'm gonna keep thinking about. And there are thoughts that I think about when I listen to that passage from Ephesians. Maintain unity, it says, because you are all one, one body joined by one spirit to live out one calling, which is to build one another up in love. And to Mark's point, that means that when we meet someone new, whether it's halfway around the world or in our own backyard, this scripture calls us to look at them and think, you're a part of me. Even as a stranger, you are a part of me that I have not met yet. And so we're not uniform. On the contrary, we're all different, different by design. We're not uniform, but we are united. We're parts of the same body and we're called to build each other up in love. At the end of the trip, we always talk about how hard it is 
to explain this trip to people back home because we don't really do anything. You know, it's not like the February trip where you do health education. It's not like a service trip where you do volunteer projects. We just go and be and hang with new friends and still somehow by the end, genuinely it is felt on both sides that we have been part of something special and that that something has changed us forever. And even now, eight years later, I still struggle to find the words to describe like the magic that is these trips. But I think this image from Ephesians, it's, it's not a bad descriptor because for one week, it's like we get to live life as God intends it to be. Different parts coming together, both needed and able to meet others' needs. We who come from the US, where we're so used to being independent and in control, we find ourselves far from home. We don't know the language. We don't know how to get around, how things work. We need to learn to trust and to receive. And our hosts who are used to being the ones who have to ask for help, who get backed into a corner by life, they are the ones who are depended upon and they are the ones who get to share the very best of what they have with us. And it, and it just goes both ways. They so appreciate that we come. We so appreciate their hospitality. We each have something to offer that the other needs and that draws us together into a community that is truly a true partnership. When it comes to the body of Christ, our needs are just as important as our gifts. Like to think of that metaphor from Ephesians, if our different gifts are the body parts, then our needs are like the ligaments. They connect us to one another. My need gives purpose to your gift. And the older I get and the more I see of the world, the more I think this is it. This is God's great plan to heal the world that each one of us both needs and is needed. So I just want you to imagine that every time we can meet a need, but every time we let someone meet our need, it's like a tiny gossamer strand of spirit that connects us to one another. And these are the strands that God uses to stitch our broken world back together. It's no secret that our world is a mess right now, right? And it feels really divided, segregated, really, really polarized. But what if we could see every person, even and especially those who are different than us, as like they're just a part of us we haven't met yet? And what if that could make us genuinely excited to know them? What if we are willing to let other people meet our needs? And what if we all had the chance to be needed, to feel that sense of purpose and belonging? If we could pull that off, my friends, that would be a life worthy of the calling to which we have been called. So may we see in others a part of ourselves that we have not met yet. May we have the opportunity to be needed. May we be blessed by others who fill our needs. May all of that knit us together into the body of Christ so that we might build one another up in love. Amen. Let's think about all of these things as we hear our hymn of the day, One Bread, One Body.